Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Today I'm excited we're going to start a series. It's not going to be a running series altogether. It's going to be a very interesting series that Jeremy's going to sprinkle in here and there. Every few podcasts he's going to bring these up. And we're starting the series, Tales from the Dark Side of Planning. Well, that's very ominous. Jer- Very ominous. Jeremy. That might be our first sound effect on I, the podcast. I think it I is. love it. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to have some fun. Yeah, it's just fun. So so Tales from the Dark Side of Planning, and this is uh, very intriguing to me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're try- trying to keep it, um, have some fun with it, maybe um, throw some positives uh, into things here too. Mm-hmm. But we just, you know, I've been doing this a long time, 17 years now, and uh, just keep running into some different things. And every so often you think, oh, man, if only we had met them. Just a little bit ago, yeah. there's a huge dark side that you ran into there, and um, and hopefully uh, hopefully through this uh, podcast series we can shed some light on there and, and make sure that uh, people in the future can avoid uh, some of these uh, mistakes that we see, some some issues that we see out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's what I love about it is that you're you're a teacher at heart, and so mm-hmm. I know that you are taking all of these lessons and like. For instance, this, this series, you've cataloged the lessons that people have had to mm-hmm. learn the hard way, and you have the answers of what could have been different, and that's that's the teacher at heart. You you want to express that to every listening member right now. So that's exactly it. What do we what do we start with today? What's the first mistake? Yeah, the first one it has to do with Social Security. We've just run into about three of these issues in the last uh, probably six seven weeks. It just bang 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 right after another. Mm. We keep running into uh, people that have Social Security questions that either it's too late to make a decision or maybe it, they missed out on some benefits they could have had. Uh, thankfully, we did have uh, one of these three that I'm thinking of that we caught them ahead of time, and we were able to help them avoid some of these st- mistakes. Uh, but it's so interesting. A lot of people take a look at Social Security, and they just think it's black and white. There's only one thing you can do, and that's just not the case. Uh, there's so many different types of benefits you can get out there. You might be able to get benefits from your deceased spouse. You might be able to get benefits from one of your ex-spouses. You might be able to get benefits from one of your deceased ex-spouses. <laughs> There's lots of benefits, possibilities that are out there. We like to tell people we're not therapists, but we are going to ask about your past relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. You know, this is the tales from the dark side of planning and, and immediately you're talking about dead people. So I, I love that. I, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting darker and darker in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people think Social Security is just for uh, retirement and mm-hmm. the retirees. But yeah, there's benefits you can get from people you're no longer married to, people that are no longer living. There's benefits you can get. Uh, we're thinking of one right now where we were going through and suggesting, here's where you can get a uh, benefit. And they say, well, no, my wife's on disability. You're talking about retirement. Well, it's all the same program. It's SSDI, mm-hmm. Social Security and Disability Income. That's it's, it's kind of all together. And so a lot of times people, I don't know what the right word is for it, but they just uh, look at it and think this is the one way it's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a whole lot of stuff that comes into play with Social Security. You need to explore a lot of those. You need to work with somebody that's an expert with Social Security. We think we're experts at Social Security. Uh, we've done it so many times. We've helped over 100 people file for Social Security, file for Medicare, uh, that kind of stuff. But we know that we're not even the best experts out there. 
So uh, one thing real quick, actually I'm doing here is starting a certification. Uh, we talked about an episode or two ago with a lady named Marsha Mantel that we mm -hmm. had on this uh, national social security uh, certification. So I want to get even better at this kind of stuff. So it's, it's great to uh, make sure that you're working with someone that has social security knowledge that's looking at all this uh, kind of stuff. And we want to make sure we, we might be missing out on some things. We need to go and make sure that we're just continuously uh, learning about different social security options that are out there. Yeah. And, and you have a seminar about this, correct? Yep. Yeah. We do seminars about social security, retirement planning all the time. Of course, uh, you know, here we are mid 2020 and it's mm -hmm. um, COVID time. So not quite uh, doing the seminars uh, in person, but uh, we've been doing some uh, different webinars. We'll make sure if we get one scheduled out there that we'll, we'll mention it uh, on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we can we can put a link to that in show notes, or at least we'll be linking the website. Make sure mm -hmm. that you're checking the website uh, regularly, because as Jeremy schedules a webinar, then you'll be alerted first to that um, by, by being on his website and checking that out. Mm -hmm. Yep, you got it. So let's talk about uh, the specific situation. We met somebody, uh, they're past 70, and they're looking to retire. So good for them. They're working for some time, and uh, they're looking to retire Turns out they're a, a widower. There's someone, their wife had passed away a few years back. And I had mentioned to them, hey, did you file for your survivor benefit? You could have filed for your survivor benefit when you hit your full retirement age. For them, it was 66. And you could have kept on working. That's a rule. You can still work in your full retirement age or later and collect Social Security benefits. You're not losing out on a thing. And they said, I didn't. I wasn't aware I could even do that. And turns out they've got an advisor and we went through and said, well, did they mention anything about this to you? Well, they didn't. And then he said to me, well, how much did I miss out on? And of course, I'm not sure because I don't know exactly what their, his wife's benefits would be. I said, well, if you average it out at 1500 a month, that's over seventy grand that you missed out on. Mm. And it's just so unfortunate. It's too Ugh. late. Uh, you're past uh, 70. You're past this time where you could have done something about it. So that's just, it's huge. I mean, imagine having, here's a person, he's got one income to rely on his wife's uh, not here so he's missing out on his you know wife as well too and he could have had this huge benefit could have had just our best guess is around 70 grand uh, on there just so unfortunate that uh, he didn't look into his benefits his advisor didn't look into his benefits mm -hmm. uh, there's there's ways that they could have come out ahead and for him he said well why didn't my advisor tell me that he said i i don't know i can't uh, quite tell you but i just did look it up here while we were talking Together, his advisor was not a CFP, Certified Financial Planning Professional, so they're not uh, at least certified in at least 72 different areas of wow. financial planning. I was looking at his statements. Turned out the advisor was somebody that sold them commission products, so the advisor was paid to make a sale. He wasn't getting paid mm. uh, to give any advice. So it's, it's so unfortunate, but it, it just looks like the advisor you had didn't quite have that knowledge. That's the way it appears. And they have zero incentive. They got paid to sell you something. They don't make a dollar off of you making Social Security. So why would they bother even learning that or even you know learning to it? Uh, it's just uh, so unfortunate. A couple couple poor lessons that were learned. This example where there's benefits that they could have looked into, and it just seemed like uh, from what we could tell, the advisor didn't have the knowledge or didn't have even the incentive to help them out in those areas. Yeah. And, and I, Jeremy, I know we've spoken about this. It was actually, we spoke about it on your very first podcast, your inaugural podcast, when we covered what your certifications are. 
for the mm-hmm. listening audience, there are a ton of designations that a financial advisor or financial professional can have, and it can get really, really confusing. So the, the first thing that I would say from, from my perspective is Investopedia is a great website to learn about different de- designations and what those letters mean. But CFP specifically, if you look up the CFP, that is one of the most difficult designations uh, a financial professional can get because it's incredibly robust. And like you said, what you said, 72 different areas that you are trained in and certified in. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's quite a bit. Yeah, it, it is. And so I would just encourage everyone, if you are working with an advisor, look at what designations they have. Look those up on Investopedia. Um, that's just one website I know. I'm not I'm not a salesman for Investopedia. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just know that that's a very thorough website that you can gain some really good knowledge. Find out what your, your advisor's credentials are, look them up, and see if that fits what you need. If they're not a CFP, I would really question if, if that's something that, that you need to be looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially these big, these, uh, big decisions. Yeah. You hit retirement one time. Yes. You, know, you have this opportunity. This guy missed out on potentially seventy grand, maybe even more, of Social Security benefits. It's a it's a huge deal. That's incredibly so, painful. Yeah. Well, we want to give some positives too. We got a couple positives. All right. Kind of on the flip side, uh, what happens with these Social Security benefits? One of them, we had someone just recently came in. Uh, they were reaching out to us because they needed some help with retirement planning. They were just let go, just let go from their job, mm. and just trying to figure out: Can I afford to retire? This is happening before I wanted it to. What am I going to do? I'm missing out on income coming up here. We start talking through, and like I said, we're going to ask about some past relationships. Uh, it turned out he was single, but he was uh, divorced. He was married to his ex-wife for over 10 years or more, and unfortunately she had passed away. But because of that connection, he can file as a surviving spouse. So he's going to be getting Social Security benefits month after month coming up here because he had that ability to, to do so. That's one of the reasons why they have all these different options with Social Security. There's so many different uh, situations that pop up. And for him, that was a situation. He was qualifying for benefits because of his deceased ex-spouse. And he walked out of our office feeling so much more hopeful. He's walked in thinking, I just lost an income uh, from work. And he walked out knowing I'm getting an income from Social Security. So we were able to figure out a plan knowing all these different ways uh, for him. He's got a lot more hope going into retirement than he did you know, just an hour or two earlier when he was walking in. So how, I'm sorry, a couple of questions. How old was he, if you can tell me that? And then how does that affect his own Social Security? Yeah, love it. So uh, to qualify for him, there's a lot of different rules, but we'll just talk about this person individually. Uh, he is past 60. He's unmarried, right? So if he was remarried, then he would be uh, married to his new spouse. He wouldn't be kind of ex-spousing. Uh, gotcha, the, okay. Wouldn't be qualified for that. Person. Yeah, exactly. So he was past 60, and he was no longer working, so he's not bringing in another income. So that's really what was able to help him qualify as a survivor spouse. And uh, how does that affect his own Social Security? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's so interesting. When you are a widow or widower, oftentimes what happens is you can qualify as a surviving spouse at the age 60 or later. Some other rules in there, so we got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. But um you can start at the surviving spouse benefit at 60, and then later on, turn on your own benefit at you know whatever you want to do, 66, 67, 70. You can actually do the opposite. We've done the opposite for folks where they've qualified for their own benefit at 62, and then we help them turn on their surviving benefit uh, later on at uh, 66. 
So it's just everyone's situation is different. It's based on your age. It's based on what whether you're working or not. Uh, it's based on what the survivor benefit could be, your own benefit could be. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, uh, you're better off starting one benefit earlier and then turning on the other benefit later on. So that's why we ask all these questions and we get all this information so that we can uh, plug it in. And we've had so many different ways that we've helped people. Can't say You can't say it right now, this is the way to do it. Other than the way to do it is figure out what you qualify for, do the math, and then the math usually leads you towards here's going to be the best situation mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you turn your own benefit on, does that turn off the the ex-spouse's benefit then? You got it. Exactly. So you can never got collect it. two benefits at once, but that's in this case, especially of the surviving benefits where you can qualify for one and then later on turn on the other one so that you start with the lower benefit first, yeah. turn on a higher benefit uh, later on. Well, and right. it, a lot it, of people do think you can get, oh, can I get both? Will I miss yeah. out? No, you, you got to go from one to the other. Now you can only get one benefit uh, at a time. But if you're eligible for multiple benefits, let's figure it out and figure it out in the right order. Yeah, this sounds fantastic because I know that we have spoken about it before that every year you delay your own benefit, I believe it's eight, you get 8% more, correct? Yeah, it's roughly 8%. So, yeah, you so can I mean, keep on you... delaying your benefit, get the 8% while you're collecting one. Yeah, if they're going to pay you to wait, uh, and that's still happening for some people where you can get paid to wait on your benefit, you got to look into that, and man, yeah. that's, it's usually going to work out. Nice, nice, absolutely. Yeah. So last example in this uh, Social Security area, this is, a, this is a fun one. A few years back, uh, we were doing these workshops. We've done over 100 workshops on Social Security. It was so fun. After we're done, this couple comes up to us, and they say, hey, we just want to tell you we're getting married in September. I said, oh, that's, that's great. Congratulations. <laughs> you had to go. Why are you telling me this? And they said, well, because we listened to your uh, seminar here, your workshop, we're trying to decide when are we going to get married? Because they go down the courthouse tomorrow if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. When should we get married? Well, it uh, turns out her birthday's in August. She's turning 60 in August. And we had talked through some of these different examples where if you are a widow, widower, and you get married before 60, you miss out on the survivor benefit. If you get married, remarried again after 60, you don't miss out. So oh. it turned out for them, yeah, it was uh, so interesting. Turned out for them, they said, well, we're just going to wait till we turn 60. And once they did, we started working together. We were able to get her filed as the uh, surviving spouse from her you know, former spouse that had, had, had deceased. Uh, we were able to get him filed on his uh, surviving spouse because they had met, I think, maybe even in, in a widow's group they had met. Mm. Uh, so they were both collecting uh, widow's benefits now. They were married now after age 60, which meant getting married allowed them to qualify for the government pension because there was another rule that came in to there. And then later on, when they turn uh, to their full retirement age or 70, they can switch into their own benefit. So here's a couple. I mean, how unique is this situation where they are both uh, widows, but they were potentially going to miss out on these huge benefits, but they were able to learn this information. They just chose to delay the wedding by, you know, they didn't have it set in stone. So great time. Why not do it a couple weeks later versus yeah. a couple weeks earlier, hit that age 60 and qualify. Uh, but this over their lifetime, this couple is going to have four different benefits. They're going to each have their surviving spouse benefit. They're going to each have their own benefit. It's going to mm. work out so great for them. Uh, tens of thousands of dollars uh, difference that's going to be a huge help to the retirement just because yeah. they took the time to come to an educational workshop, 
we were able to explain to them how it all works. And for them, like we said, we asked about all the different past relationships, found out all the different benefits that they qualify for, and found through our calculations, here's the way to, to maximize what you have going on. That's fantastic. Now, going back to your earlier example of the, the gentleman that lost his job, he's over 60. So now if he decides to you know get married again, he'll still have that survivor benefit as well, right? Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's on. fantastic. That's, exactly that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, well, he should he should start going to groups because that's where why apparently not? It's, it, it seemed to work. <laughs> it seemed to work. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. So, what is the second tale that we're talking about today? Yeah, this will be the last one we're talking about today, and it's uh, one I think you're gonna like, Eric, because uh, I know you like behavioral finance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's behavioral finance is kind of like what is it that people really do? The economics says here's what people should do, but behavioral finance is really more like. Yeah, but what do people really do? And when we learn these different biases, these different ways that people usually react, if you're well aware of them, hopefully you might be able to recognize them in your own uh, decision-making and hopefully try to avoid some of these. One of the big ones is just something called familiarity bias. You think that the company down the street is safe because you walk by it all the time, or the company you work for is safe because you have worked there for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a couple from a few years back. This is kind of pre-great uh, financial recession, so like 06, 07, 08, that, that time frame. Met with them. Husband and wife had all their investments in their company stock. Turns out they both worked at oh. the same company. Yeah. And we just talked through they want to retire soon, and we're not saying today that you need to sell stock or buy a stock, but all we're saying is you got two people at the same company, so they're both their jobs both their pensions and both their 401ks were completely tied up in this one company stock. And we said, let's, let's try to diversify. This just doesn't quite fit in uh, your goals. It's just too much risk. And what they said to us was, well, we've worked there for 30 years. We know it's a good stock. It's down 10%. Let's just sell when it gets back to even. Mm. And we said, well, okay, now, now we're talking about another uh, bias that we'll talk about in a second. Yep. But uh, we said, well, how about some ideas? Can we sell a little bit now? Can we use options to protect the downside? There's there's options that are out there. And they just wouldn't budge. They said, we're comfortable because we've worked there for so long. We know it's a good company. We'll be fine. Mm. Well, it never got back to even. It was never fine. It dropped 75% before it got bought out. So it never came back. And their retirement today is just so much different because of that that decision. It's so unfortunate. And you hear about some stories. Yeah, the... Uh, the Microsoft millionaire from 1980s, maybe, and you think that could be me. But a lot of times, uh, the opposite happens. And it's just making sure that you're taking on the right level of risk. And it's just so unfortunate that people are blinded to the level of risk they're taking because it sounds familiar. The bank you walk to every day, well, that's that's a good that's a good stock. Grandpa gave the stock to me. It must be safe. It's worked for 80 years. Just because you're familiar with it doesn't mean it's safe. We've said it before, but there is no such thing as a safe stock. And it's just so... Unfortunate that this particular behavioral bias that a lot of people have, but it just worked uh, so much against uh, this couple as they were preparing for their retirement. Yeah, I mean, that just oh, that's that's painful. I mean, you brought up the Microsoft millionaire, right? That that example, mm-hmm. and I I would pose a question to you and the audience: How many times have you seen on the news people that bought Powerball tickets and didn't win? Right. Right. Is yep. there is there a published <laughs> list somewhere of the millions and millions of people who didn't win that Powerball lottery, or is there just a headline of who won that four hundred million dollar Powerball jackpot? Mm-hmm. Right. 
they don't publish the ones that that lose seventy five percent, you know, from yeah. their company stock. Oh my gosh, that that's disheartening. <laughs> yeah, that's, for sure. Yeah. And they wow. had the same another bias uh, that we saw in a few other people, especially back you know the the market dropped back in, in 08 or so, mm-hmm. dropped back again in uh, early 2000, uh, 2020 rather, but um, it dropped in two thousand as well. Seems like the market goes up and down a lot, Eric. Yeah, it does. It seems to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have this thing. I'm sure there's a technical term, but I like to call it breaking even-itis. Breaking even. Of where, well, <laughs> you know, I bought it for 50 and now it's at 49. I'll just sell when it, it breaks even. Okay, mm. well, have you done some sort of analysis that suggests that it's going to get up to $50? Is it going to break even? They probably never did an analysis to buy the stock to begin with. A lot of people are buying stocks because they just heard about it on TV or their brother's talking about it or it's their own company or grandpa gave it to them. It's not like you have this huge technical analysis saying, here's what the right price is to buy it. Here's what the right price is to sell it. And why would you? You're not uh, financial professionals. Yeah. Um, most people make decisions uh, emotionally. And I think this is one of the big ones, breaking even itis of, well, we don't like to call ourselves, we don't want to show that we've made a loss. So if we just break even, then we can just you know say it's a wash and, and move on from there. And we saw so many people back in 07, 08, 09, and then beyond, uh, so many people back over time where if we could just break even, sometimes things never even get back yeah. to break even. You, know, you just yep. got to look at things fresh today. Try to forget what you paid for it. Just look at it fresh today and say, is this a good idea? Would I buy this stock today? And, and make some decisions based on that, not based on what you some number that happens to be associated with whatever it was in the past or whatever you bought bought it for. Yeah, and I have been a victim, not of necessarily breaking even-itis, but I, I think that everybody has a little bit of pride and mm-hmm. nobody wants to be a loser, right? Nobody wants yeah, to be a loser. It. And if it, this yeah. is down, then then I'm losing and I'm a loser. And it's just, oh, I, yeah. I have a hard time getting out of myself with that. And uh, I know. My wife would agree that uh, I could be stubborn. Yep. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, we all can can be. And uh, that's the hope is that when you're educated, we feel like if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you'll make better decisions about your money. Yeah. And part of that isn't necessarily learning about stocks and bonds and cash and all this kind of stuff. It's just understanding here's how people normally operate. Here's maybe how I have operated. And these are some ways that perhaps are harmful to your financial decisions. So just being aware of those, learning about uh, these different biases, this behavioral finance is a, is a great way to help you make even better decisions going forward. Fantastic. Well, Jeremy, I appreciate all the information today. Scary stories, but positive light at the end of the tunnels for these. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you give us a little preview on what the next Tales from the Dark Side of Planning will be? Just maybe just a little smidgen. It, it's not probably going to be the next podcast, but when it comes, what are you going to be talking about? Yeah, it's going to have to do a lot with the financial advisors you work with. Either, number one, work with a financial advisor mm-hmm. or find a good financial advisor or find out how to get paid. A lot of times the way an advisor gets paid kind of um, influences the way that they yep. give ideas to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for your time today. This has been great. Jeremy, these stories aren't to scare people. This is just These are just facts. These are realities. These are things that you've experienced and you've had soon-to-be clients or prospects experience. And so that's why you're, you're jotting these down and, and sharing them with the audience. If people are thinking, you know what, I don't know enough about how to claim Social Security, what I may be missing out on, or you know, maybe they're thinking about behavioral finance. You know, I can be stubborn sometimes, and maybe I need to take a look at what I'm doing and get 
you know, another voice uh, to, to kind of guide me on my decision making. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, well, it helps to have somebody impartial that's not, mm-hmm. you know, bought up into all these different um, things that are affecting your, your finances, something that can be objective about yeah. it. And if you're looking for someone like that, that's certainly us. Uh, go to our website, KyleFP.com uh, for the Kyle Financial Partners. Love to talk to you. Fantastic. Thank you for your time. And of course, the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.